0: My brothers and sisters in the Lord, one of the most heart-wrenching cries of the crucified Jesus is not recorded in the Passion according to St. John that we just heard, but it is in the Passion narrative according to St. Matthew and St. Mark. It is the first verse of Psalm 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? with shocking words from the dying lips of God's own Son. The cry of a soul feeling abandoned by his Father, a moment of bitter, utter desolation, terrifying for Jesus, terrifying for his mother, and for the disciples standing death watch at the foot of the cross. And terrifying for us, for this God-man is crucified for no other reason than the sins of the human race your sins, and mine. As we reflect on these words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Take a moment to imagine the worst. The worst that could possibly happen has already happened. Far beyond plague or nuclear annihilation or the withering of the last flower, it happened a certain Friday afternoon outside the walls of Jerusalem. There we turned on the one who embodied all the light, all the love, and all the hope that ever was or ever will be. My friends, this is what we did to God. This is what we did to God because it is what we have done. It is what we do to one another, to ourselves, from Adam's sin to yours and mine. Here in Jesus' cry, the agonies of humanity, casualties of wars, victims of oppression, hunger, and natural disaster, the Holocaust millions, 9-11's thousands, abortions millions, and so many more, including all who have suffered the indignities and infidelities that are sadly so much a part of the fabric of human experience and family life in our present culture. And God's own Son, in an act of radical, nearly incomprehensible love, takes on all the guilt upon himself to break forever sin's deadly power. He becomes sin, St. Paul declares, to save us from sin. For us, for all mankind, Christ takes the bullet. My friends, several truths stand out as we ponder the Calvary scene. First, the call to face and acknowledge our own sinfulness. For we live in a time, in a world, where sin is all but forgotten. Oh, we see the manifestations of sin every time we read a newspaper or watch the evening news or read something on the internet, the murders, the robberies, the rapes, and so on. So many contemporary movies and even network work TV shows portray infidelity and fornication as though they are an expected and acceptable part of anyone's life experience. I always worry about the effects such displays have on the moral formation of our youth, on all of us. It is easy to see the sin in all of this. It is the other people's sin. Sometimes we call it the sin of the world. But do we recognize our own personal sin? Our little infidelities, our moments of selfishness, our failure to pray and worship as fully and faithfully as we should, our harsh words, judgments, and even slander of others, our petty lies, our mean gossip, our failures to forgive. It is only as we accept responsibility our own personal sin, that we will be able to hear the Lord's invitation to us to conversion of heart, to repentance, to receive his forgiveness. It is only then that we will taste his mercy. The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich said it best. We need to fall, she wrote, and we need to realize this. If we never fail, excuse me, if we never fall, we will never know how weak and wretched we are in ourselves. Nor will we ever appreciate the astonishing love of our Maker. Yes, my brothers and sisters, Good Friday is about all of that. The second truth, Jesus' is startling example of loving, faithful solidarity with mankind, with us, even in our sinfulness, His plunge into death for our sake summons us to solidarity with one another and most particularly with all those who suffer in body, mind, and spirit, who suffer from injustice and violence. But to embrace this solidarity is to be willing to drink from the cup of suffering. Compassion is quite literally, my friends, the act of suffering with another, sharing the burden, lifting the load. Jesus loved to the very end, and so we are called to do the same. My brothers and sisters, do not waste your sufferings. Join them to those of Jesus on the cross. Suffering in itself does not make us holy. It is only when we unite it out of love to the sufferings of Christ that it has meaning. Suffering without love is wasted pain. But let us remember... All the misery of the world, past, present, and future, could never compare with the sufferings of Jesus. Whatever you're going through, my friends, he's been there first, and he did it out of love. Good Friday is about all of that. Third, Jesus' cry of forsakenness and desolation as a desperate expression of an experience of, of abandonment as it may sound, is not in the end a cry of profound despair. Recall that Psalm 22, which Jesus here is quoting, while beginning with words of abandonment, builds to a crescendo of praise and thanks to God. Listen to the psalmist's underlying hope in the saving power of God. You who fear the Lord, praise him, for he has not despised nor disregarded the poverty of the poor, has not turned away his face, but has listened to the cry for help. Jesus' cry is the prayer of a persecuted, innocent man, torn by affliction, yet trusting still in God his Father as his consolation and hope. The bottom line, my friends, absurd to many, but light for us who see through faith-graced, healed eyes, is that in suffering and death is found our salvation, For Jesus, because of him, for us and for the world, the cry of agony will give way to the resurrection hymn of thanks and praise. Good Friday and the Easter soon to come is all about that. For you see, my friends, today as we stand on Calvary Calvary with Jesus, we venerate the cross of our Lord. My brothers and sisters, don't be afraid of the cross. The cross is the door to paradise. We need to meditate often on the suffering and death of Jesus. Every Catholic home should have a crucifix in a prominent place. We should meditate often on the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary, read the account of the Lord's Passion from sacred scripture, and make the stations of the cross. We should contemplate Jesus dying to make the full payment for our sins. We must respond to the love of Jesus. We must respond to the love Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross by our willingness to make sacrifices for His sake. Jesus calls us today to take up our cross and follow Him. He calls us to die to our former life of sin and live a new life based on the teachings of the gospel. He calls us to put our love for God and neighbor above our attachment to the things of this world, to be zealous in our proclamation of the gospel, to build up his kingdom and create a new culture of life. With St. Paul, we are able to say, I have been crucified with Christ, yet I live no longer I, but Christ lives in me. And so far as now, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who has loved me and given himself up for me. We should continually give thanks to him who gave his life to make full payment for the immeasurable debt we owe to God and open up for us the gates of paradise. Today we have the opportunity to thank Jesus for his love, his suffering for us so as to free us from our sins. I will lift high the cross and chant, Behold the wood of the cross on which hung the salvation of the world. And I know I will be off-key, and that will be one more suffering for you to offer up. In a few moments, we will approach the cross in humble and reflective procession and show a sign of veneration, a kiss, a touch, a bow. We will remember the astonishing love of God for us, and perhaps we will be inspired to make the sentiments of this prayer our own. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my God. My brothers and sisters, without the crucifixion, there is no resurrection. Without death, there is no new life. As the earthly Jesus gasped the final words, it is finished. An old world of godlessness ends, and a new age of Christ the King dawns, and the kingdom of heaven once again becomes our home today, tomorrow, and for all eternity. Christ loves to the end, and in the end, my friends, he triumphs.